welcome once again, Ecclesia Church family. And um, yes, there, there's many of you that I believe might be watching today that I can't actually physically see. But, you know, it, it's good to know that you are there and you're tuned in today as well as um, um, I'm grateful to be here today to be speaking and I'm grateful for each and every one who will be tuning into this service and it's my hope, my prayer, my heart's desire that through the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 3 that God will speak to all of our hearts in the way that only he can. So um, this book, Ecclesiastes, um, we, we know it's, um, the author tells us it's, it's, it's the son of David who was king of um, Jerusalem, king of Israel. And, um, you know, we've identified, the book will identify, most people can say it's one of um, the David, one of his son, but we would probably identify that it may be, well be Solomon due to Ecclesiastes chapter 1 verse um, verse 16 where you know it, it makes us known that you know this king he had surpassing wisdom more than anybody that was in um, Jerusalem before him and also in Ecclesiastes 2 likewise again in verse 7 it tells you of the great wealth and the possessions that he had before any other kings before them and um you know that the theme of this book is like um the author makes us know which you know they call they call him the preacher in some other um, versions of the Bible you know they say the teacher but we see that the preacher is a person who did not hold anything back from his eyes or from his own heart's desire he chose to just you know enjoy life and experiment and um you know venture in life to try and find the meaning of life and there was nothing that was really held back for him we'll see that into ecclesiastes chapter sorry ecclesiastes chapter 2 verse 9 to verse 11 you will see the pleasure and the tolls that he enjoyed indulged in and um I think for me reading this book, the purpose of this is that we can learn through our own personal experiences in life that, you know, life doesn't quite give you that fulfillment when you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So we can probably, you know, we can have wealth, we can have, you know, status, position, you know, we, we can have titles, but at the same time, you know, um, we can be lacking in that fulfillment as the author is um, declaring to us here without knowing God. And ultimately, he will conclude in this book, you know, in chapter 12, verse 3, that, you know, um, his conclusion is to fear God and keep all of his commandments. This is the old duty of man. Um, the layout again in chapter 1 and 2, you know, he gives his personal experience. In chapters 3, 4, and 5, we see the preacher's observation. Chapters 7 to 8, he gives practical insight or counsel. And then chapters 9 to 12, he gives a final conclusion. We will be looking, and you know, if you get your Bibles now and turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 3, we will be looking at this chapter where he gives his observation on what he, ob what he, ob what he has observed throughout his lifetime and his observation on um, everything under the heavens, which is actually on this earth. So I'm going to read from Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1 to verse 22. It reads, For everything there is a season, and a time for every matter under heaven. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to pluck up what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to seek and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to keep silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. Verse 9. What gain has the worker from his toil? I have seen the business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. 
He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. I perceive that there is nothing better for them than to be joyful and to do good as long as they live. Also, that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all his toil. This is God's gift to man. I perceive that whatever God does endures forever. Nothing can be added to it, nor anything taken from it. God has done, God has done it so that people fear before him. That which is already has been. That which is to be already has been. And God seeks what has been driven away. Verse 16. Moreover, I saw under the sun that in the place of justice, even there was wickedness, and in a place of righteousness, even there was wickedness. I said in my heart, God will judge the righteous and the wicked, for there is a time for every matter and for every work. I said in my heart with regard to the children of man, that God is testing them, that they may see that them they themselves are beasts. For what happens to the children of man and what happens to the beast is the same. As one dies, so dies the other. They all have the same breath. And man has no advantage over the beast, for all is vanity. All go to one place. All are from the dust and to dust or return. Who knows whether the spirit of man goes upward and the spirit of the beast goes down into the earth. So I saw that there is nothing better than that. Sorry, so I saw that there is nothing better than that a man should rejoice in his work, for that is his lot. Who can bring him to see what will be after him? Amen. Okay. So we see. The author opens this poetic chapter. The first eight verses seems poetic. He opens with, you know, helping us to understand um, for everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. I suppose for us as we know seasons, we know yearly, there's yearly events that take place, whether it's the football season, whether it's Wimbledon. We know for every four years we have Olympics and, and other sports as we just seen as it just passed. But we know, as he states, under the heavens, so this is the remit, this is the realm what we live in upon the earth. And um, we know Genesis chapter 8, verse 22, I think we'll see after the flood, as God communicated with Noah, we, feel, we see the first statement about seasons, that um, there'll be hot and cold, there'll be day and light, and there'll be winter and summer, you know. So we see the first introduction of seasons, we see that in Genesis. And um, seasons is a time where we experience as we have spring, summer, we're in summer now, we're going to autumn and then we go into winter. So we see the different seasons and um, likewise again we have the 24 hour clock so we know that there's a matter and there's a season where things take place and ultimately I would see the author introducing this to us and helping us to know that God is sovereign over these seasons and these time frames. But at the same time, we have an opportunity within seasons and within our 24-hour time clock where we have opportunities to hopefully discern the right timing to do things and make choices that will make all the difference. As we know, time is very important. And... Um, we do, we do know from 1 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32, we can read about the men of Issachar. They, they understood the times and knew what Israel should do. And as a, as a result of that, their knowledge and judgment of the time provided much-needed decision that the nation saw that David was crowned the United King of Israel. And... Um, I think for timing, likewise, it's important for us as people's individuals, as well as the church, that we discern the timing that we're living in and how we conduct ourselves and use our time. It can be very helpful 
that we make the right plans and make the right decisions. Of course, ultimately, God is in control of time and God's timing is perfect. God's timing is, is just wonderful. We know God has a purpose and plan for each of our lives, especially those who put their ultimate trust in Jesus Christ as their Lord and their Savior. We know God called us and predestined us to do his good works in Christ Jesus. So at the same time, there is great lessons to learn within that, that we wait for God's time and we don't try and make things happen before it's time. But again, I, I just think the way the author, the preacher, starts this chapter through his observation is just helping us to understand under the heavens, upon this earth, there is time frames, there's seasons and time frames. So this just leads us into this poetic verse, the first eight verses, to hopefully have a clear perspective of what might be going on within this realm of that we're living on this on this earth. And um, as we go to verse two, it, it may be obvious to many of us, right, where there's a time to born and there's a time to die. And many of us would have our birth certificate or we at least know the season that we came upon this earth you know not not all of us know the time I don't know the time but I know I came in the winter month of February so I know the time that I was born and um, when it comes to death I, I don't know that time but again it's establishing the reality and and, and really Again now, the preacher is helping us to see through his observation. He probably brings into light the fall because, you know, when God originally created things, it was not intended for us to die. We was intended to live in eternity in his presence and, and living in a life in a way that we glorify him. But this just brings the reality of this fallen world that we live in. There's a time that we enter into this world and there is a time when we will draw our last breath and depart out of this world. So I suppose within this time frame, within the seasons of life and death, there is, there is many other questions to, to be answered and to be considered and even to perceive what is this life all about, which, you know, as an evangelist, um, I would ask many people, you know, through conversations, um, what is life about, you know, in, in, this, in the time frame that we have where we are breathing and living, what is life about? What is the purpose for one's life? And you can imagine, I have many, I have many answers and um, many people tell me many different things, which, you know, on, on a personal level, I might think some of them are just superficial because it doesn't really consider the value of what life is about and, and hence, Throughout this book of Ecclesiastes, the preacher will say life is meaningless, it's, it's, it's vanity. Vanity is a statement of just saying it's like chasing after the wind, you know. Um, you, you're doing many things, but there's no real substance in that. So as I said in the book of um, ESV, it says vanity, but in other versions it says meaningless. And, um, you know, I hope for us as believers, for, for us who puts our trust in the Lord, we can know that life has great meaning, has great purpose, and especially as we go through the rest of these verses. And um, again, to be born, to be given life, that is a precious gift from God. Life comes from God and him alone. And um, I would believe the, the preacher is, you know, th this is his purpose of really making this clear and making this known. And a time to die, which... Again, as I said, that seems like it's inevitable, you know, the, the cycle of life, we come into life and then we die. And I, I do want to share my sympathies and my condolence with anybody, you know, who has probably lost a loved one or a close friend or, or, or a close um, associate, as in myself in the last year and a half, especially at this difficult time as we've been experiencing the pandemic and lockdown. You know, I, I've personally known someone who, you know, and I've known people who has taken their life, you know, and um, people have died through way of their ailments, they've been ill and, um, you know, it's just been a very hard and a difficult time for many people. So, so likewise, my, my 
condolence and sympathy for anybody likewise you know if this brings back to memory and even now you know they're considering a life that's been departed but i'd like to say you know for, for believers um we do know hebrews chapter 9 verse 22 it it tells us right it is appointed for man to die once and after that comes the judgment so we do know as i said it's inevitable most people can agree we know we will die but again for believers you know what does this mean for us also again um the apostle paul says in philippians chapter 1 verse 21 for to me to live is christ and to die is gain he also says again in 2 corinthians 5 8b i would prefer rather to be away from the body and be at home with the lord so he has a revelation, he has an acknowledgement that he knows his life is temporary. And in Corinthian, he would rather be away with the Lord rather than living and remaining upon this earth. But again, he acknowledged that there's a purpose for his life, the Apostle Paul. So we know why he's on this earth, it is gain. And that would be my hope for all of us right now. As um, Pastor Ephraim mentioned, you know, um, Luke chapter 18, men and women are to pray at all times and not lose hope. So we know there is times when we do lose hope. There is times when we are very challenged. There's times when how we perceived and hoped things would be, it doesn't quite look the same. So that's the importance for the body, the community of God's people to be together, to encourage and exhort one another. But at the same time, we do know under the heavens, upon this earth, there is season, then there's times when we will experience difficulties. And for me personally, this chapter helps me to consider people before me. It, it helps me to consider, you know, Jesus, he knew his purpose. He knew that he laid down his life. It helps me to remember Stephen in the book of Acts he was just being faithful to the gospel and he was stoned but he had a heart to forgive those who stoned him we i i also mentioned about paul here that paul says you know for for him to die is to is gain because he will be with christ i also consider people before me in the gospels you know who was persecuted to die for their faith and even people right now as i talk different parts of the globe their life will be sacrificed for their faith in Jesus Christ. So how much more so does it ring true to me here in Great Britain, in England, in London? It can help us to have a right perspective and try and realize that our life has purpose and it has so much purpose and meaning when our life is truly in the hands of our Lord, our God, who we know that um, he will never leave us or forsake us. So, also, we see verse 2, you know, he says there's a time to plant and a time to pluck up. I, I consider that's an agricultural, you know, time as well as, you know, they have um, metalsmiths and they have people who's building. But, you know, he, he touches on that, you know, so we know that there's seasons when people will plant things and then the harvest people will pluck up. Verse 8, verse 3, we see there's a time to kill and a time to heal. I, I would presume that the author again, you know, a time to kill. We do know um, within the Israel community, the nation of Israel, we know that they would sacrifice, they would sacrifice a lamb, you know, a sheep, unblemished sheep in the temple. So there's a time to kill, you know. Also, we know that their laws, if people was found in adultery, you know, they would be stoned. So that's a time to kill as well. Likewise, again, if there was witchcraft, you know, they had laws where people would be stoned. So there is a time to kill. So, you know, there's a time to kill, to eat for provisions, for feasting and so forth. Um, it, it's not something where any of us could justify and figure well you know there was a difficult time in my life or someone really agitated me and i was in a situation so it says there's a time to kill so no that's nothing for us to take where we could justify and say we could kill somebody where i know we all know that already but it's just right and fair for me to say and and we know exodus chapter 20 verse 13 says thou shall not kill so um you know god is a god who gives life 
So um, life is precious in his sight. So, you know, a time to kill, again, we just know in this fallen and in this broken world that we live in, there is times where things happen and there's a time for killing. Also, there's a time for healing. And um, I would probably like us to stop and consider, possibly some of us have been through some difficult things when we was a a juvenile when we was a teenager some of us could have been hurt through you know a, a family member you know there's many of us throughout our journey in life where we could have felt that we have been really hurt and and something you know has really upset us in a way where it's causing a bit of contention and real problem it could be divorce you know it could have been um you know somebody bring a wrong accusations against us but at the same time through the observation from the preacher there is times for us to be healed so that may be something for somebody today to really stop and consider is there something that may be hindering us flourishing and really serving the Lord the way he's called us to serve him there's a time maybe to sit down and stop and really consider is there something that's bothering us because there is a time for healing and we know Jesus is our healer. There is someone who is willing to take our pain, our suffering, and help us to get through that period. So um, let's, let's, let's consider that and, you know, let's, let's see, should we need that healing? Let's take that time to sit at the Lord's feet for healing. And, um, you know, if there's anybody that needs that healing, let's take that time out to consider how we can be set free and healed of our pain and our hurt. Um, we see it continues, there's a time for breaking down, there's a time for building up, and I can imagine the kingdom in Jerusalem, in Israel, could have been expanding. We see even now, in this time and this age, you know, we can see around London, there is many buildings being torn down and being built up as, um, you know, the landscape continues to change. And this is a continuous theme, you know, kingdoms come and kingdoms go. Um, Verse 4, there's a time to weep and there's a time to mourn. We, we know Jesus wept for Lazarus, so we, we know that, you know, that's one of the shorter verse, John 11:35. So, um, you know, weeping is something where it can really be healing for some of us, you know, just to shed that load of hurt, that pain, and allow the tears to come out. So there is a time for weeping, you know, and also there's a time for mourning, you know. Mourning can be likened to being in a state of grief, you know, mourning over a profound loss, something that we've lost, a person that we've lost, a loved one, you know, a close family member. Mourning can even be something that we're mourning over, a devastating accident that may have happened to us, and we might be mourning and grieving over that. Um, we can also mourn over our sins and our mistakes that we've made. For, for we can be mourning for a cleaner heart to be more like a heart that might have been more refined and closer and sensitive to God and his word, but we might not be in that place now. So we can be mourning about that or mourning about something that has been destroyed. Um, mourning is a part of who we are. It is an expression of, of having our hearts, sorry, it's an expression of our hearts when something we really value have been taken away from us. So mourning is something that is real and we might experience it in different ways. But again, there is a time for mourning. And again, it could be a time, you know, throughout this, throughout this last season of COVID and lockdown, you know, I, I can imagine there's been a lot of people who have been mourning, you know, for various reasons of loss of many different things. But, you know, just know mourning is part of us. It's something real and it is something that we need to take time to really consider to see how we can heal for this process. And, and I, would, I would like to say, you know, um, please, if there is anybody watching and anybody is mourning, you know, I would like them to please consider making contact with the pastors here at Ecclesia Church, making contact with the elders. Please reach out and speak to somebody who may be able to minister to you, somebody who maybe come alongside and pray with you, somebody who maybe can just join and journey with 
with you in this difficult moment and at this difficult time. After all, Ecclesia is a church family who is here to glorify God and display what God's people and his family look like. So please, if there's anybody experiencing any difficulty, do reach out for that love. And, um, you know, life, laughing is, is, is a wonderful thing to hear when you hear people laughing from the stomach, you know, and, and dancing. So, you know, you see, we can see contrast times for, you know, mourning and healing, also times for laughing and dancing. And, and, and we know God is a good God. So despite all of these things that happens on this earth under the heavens we know god is a good god and he has instilled these things within us that we can display and give joy to other people and we can actually dance and celebrate the things that he's doing and dance with our friends and um, just express the joys of life as well as the pains that we also experience verse five we'll see there's a time for embracing and um, there's a time for refraining. So, um, you know, embracing is a thing. I'm an embracer. I'm a person who loves to greet and hug people. And, you know, um, I, I, I'm like that. That's, that's me, an embracer. I like to, you know, express myself in that way. But for a season, you know, that wasn't able to happen due to, you know, people want to keep safe and me want to respect that and keep myself safe as well. Um, so, you know, that is a season that we've had to refrain from. But, you know, maybe as time seems to be progressing now and the restrictions, you know, those still, still there, we can be wise in who we embrace and who we don't embrace. Also, embracing can be a thing now sometimes. We, you know, we embrace one another. We send single secret signals to one another of how we appreciate one another and value one another maybe sometimes you know um in relationships or in just friendships you know sometimes a male to a female a female to a male embracing sometimes maybe it's a time to refrain from embracing because signals may be being sensed that it is is not the right signals that we want the recipient to really pick up on or maybe they may be interpreting them in the wrong way so sometimes it may be calling for wisdom just to refrain from embracing so you know sometimes people don't get a bit too comfortable and we need to keep the boundaries so um again we see these are seasonal things that comes into play and then um you know we see in verse six as um the preacher observed that there's a time to seek and a time to lose um I know we can see in the parables, you know, maybe in Mark, um, where the widow looks for a, a coin, you know, we, we can see that the shepherd, he has 90, he has 100 sheep, but, you know, he has one that's missing and he has the 99, he leaves the 99 and he goes to seek the one. Um, you know, sometimes there's things that are valuable to us and we take time to go to seek it, you know, and then possibly sometimes you know the ways for a believer someone who has their faith and their trust in jesus christ it's always a good time to seek the lord it's, it's, it's always i would say that is a constant you know to seek the lord so you know though the author is saying there's a time to seek there is a time to seek but maybe this is a time for many of us where things has changed and not been exactly the way that we have been used to maybe this is a time as i'm speaking right now maybe this is a time for us to really assess reflect on our lifestyle of how we are living maybe it's a time for us to really seek the lord as the pastors mentioned maybe yourself to him that he can demonstrate how he's working through your life to be a blessing unto others so you know there's a time to seek and and that's a theme i believe for everybody in the body of christ you know that our trust so um there's a time to seek and a time to lose um there's a time to keep and a time to cast away so once again you know um there's things that you know the author has seen the preachers see that there's some things that we keep you know we value there's some things that are sentimental that we keep you know and and there's also some things that are cast away or thrown away or possibly you know um given you know that you know no longer need to be around and um verse seven there's a time to tear and a time to their gown and um you know, as for sowing, I'm not sure there, but there's a time to do all of these things. And then verse 7, we can see, verse 7, that um, 
you know, there's a time to keep silent and there's a time to speak. And for me personally, you know, the work I would do, I would be out in communities and I would speak to many people, whether individuals or whether groups. And um, we, wouldn't, we know in time, it, it, it's, it's wisdom when we just keep silent many a times because in that silence, we can hear things that would be of great importance that would give us great information into what is going on or what is not clearly being communicated. So silence is something that I personally have to continually work on to make sure I will be slow to speak but quick to listen, you know, and that takes me being silent. Even being silent and sitting, waiting on the Lord is very important, you know, and again, for many of us, you know, um, at this time and this season where we could be concerned about the events that is going on globally around us and, um, you know, how is the church going to progress and going forward? Maybe, again, it's a time where we can just be silent, you know, and just sit at the Lord's feet, reading his word and listening to what he wants to say about any given situation or matter. So being silent is you know, something which is of importance as we can read and as we can see here. And then, of course, there, there is a time to speak, you know, but again, we have that opportunity to choose the time. Though God is sovereign over time and he's sovereign over the seasons and everything, but we have that opportunity to choose the time and we do want to be discerning. So it's very important that we continue to seek the Lord and his timing. And I just share a, a time about that. Um, you know, here at Ecclesia, I know I'm probably since the COVID, the lockdown time, it may not have been happening so much. But I do know um, my love for Ecclesia as well. I know it's a church that really wants to glorify Christ and, um, you know, within the community as they serve with Food Bank and many other activities. I know Mikey P, you know, he, he likes to go out in the community, you know. I know Ephraim and Robert have been out there as well and others go out there, you know, to to just engage with people on the streets. And, and, and this is a time for me, you know, a time for keeping silent, a time to speak. Um, I remember one Saturday afternoon, I'd come down and join them and be out there, and, and my QP preaches a lot, you know. In my heart, you know, I probably would figure I would like to speak and I would like to say things, but for that season, I kept silent. I've never been up and done open mic preaching, but I'd engage with people on the pavement, and um, I'd listen to them, and then when the time arrived, I would speak and I would minister to them according to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And um, he said to me, go up and warm the mic up for me. That was just random to me. You know, I've never been on an open mic to preach before. But with our leaders, you know, with your leader, Ephraim's still a pastor to me, with your leaders, you know, you can trust your leaders as you watch them, as you listen to them over the years and you see their life demonstrate the gospel. You know, it's not just what they see, but you actually watch them. But... Ephraim said to me, go and warm the mic up for him without an hesitation. I've never done this before. I always consider when Mikey P was preaching, I'd say this, I'd say that, I'd like to do this, but I didn't have the courage of my own doing to say, let me go on the mic or to go up there. But once Ephraim said, go up and warm the mic, it was naturally, it was like I'd done it before. I went up there and I took the mic and I, and I praised God because... You see, I can only say that was God's timing. God knew my heart. God's timing is perfect, and that was a perfect timing. I went and I publicly started preaching and proclaiming the gospel. And now it's something I can say I enjoy. If there was any mic, open mic on the street to proclaim the gospel, that's something I would gladly go and partake in. So I shared that story just to share again their seasons God is sovereign over all the seasons. God's time is perfect, but at the same time, we have the discernment to choose what time it is. So, you know, many 
people could be sitting down right now listening to this sermon they could be considering many things that are going on in their life they want a new job they want to move they want to do this they want to do that i would advise and just say you know ultimately let us all continue to seek the lord that his timing will be right for us to act and move upon those things that we would desire to do because ultimately god cares about us and he has a plan for us so again there's a time for silence and a time to speak. And then we see on the final verse in this poetic chapter, verse 8, um, it says, the preacher says, there's a time to love and a time to hate. We know that um, the commandment for Israel was um, to love their Lord, their God, with all of their heart, all of their mind, their soul, and their strength. So it's there to love God first and foremost. Have a love for him. Acknowledge him, your maker, your creator, the one who loves you affectionately, loves you beyond we possibly, be, he loves us beyond we possibly could express our love or no love. So it's, it's, it's really to know the Lord's love that he has for us and to love as he has called us to love so there is a time to love and and you know the church has this wonderful opportunity to display this love to their community and to people who do not know god and and likewise again you know um the preacher he was a king of jerusalem you know i can imagine he, he had a position where he needed to display the oracles of god you know it, it was we're told in the book of deuteronomy that kings are meant to write out the law so likewise again you know um through writing out that law i'm sure they would see the theme that god is a loving and compassionate and a kind god a wonderful god and it would only be right for us to display that image and that likeness through our words and our thoughts and our deed. So again, there is a time to love. And um, Romans chapter 5 verse 5 helps us where it tells us God has poured his love throughout. God has poured his love into our heart by his Holy Spirit. So God has helped us and he has given us that capacity. So no matter how hard we find it, to love others and to love people. God has given us a new heart. He's even poured his love throughout our heart by his Holy Spirit. So that is something that we need to embrace to demonstrate his love that he has for us, that through us we can demonstrate that love to others. Then, of course, there's a time to hate. And, and, and that's fine. That time to hate, um, we are to hate our sin. We're, we're to hate those things that hinder us from doing the things that God causes us to do, which but more reflects Satan and his image. And to love God's creation is something that we, as his church, as his people, need to do. But we are to hate the sin that easily separates us from God. And of course, there's a time to war and a time to peace. And at this time, globally, we can see in the media, on the news, we're hearing about Afghan, you know, but, you know, the, the preacher will talk about there's nothing new under the sun. If it's not in Afghan, it's somewhere else. It's another part of the world. These are just constant themes that the preacher will tell you, you know, um, there's nothing new under the sun. What was will be. They're constant themes. Wars come, wars go. This is a part of the fallen world that we live in. This is not how God intended it to be, but this is how it is until our Lord Jesus Christ comes and calls everything to be accountable to him. And then there's a time for peace. And again, I would hope as the church, as believers, that we, again, in the book of Peter will tell us that, you know, where we have uh, uh, inheritance and all that Christ has done for us, that 
you know, we would withdraw from the hypocrisy and, and the bickering, the backbiting and so forth, you know, and um, really walk in the light of the gospel. And I would hope that we would have peace with others. The Bible does command and tell us to live at peace with all people as much as possible. So that's the responsibility we have as much as we have responsibility to extend and to offer and to try and live at people with peace if people does not want to live at peace with us you know as long as we've displayed that we desire to be at peace with them as we're at peace with god so um so for those first eight poetic verses we see that we continue now to to the rest of what he says in chapter 8 and I just want to pick out a few verses in there we do we do see um, particularly verse 12 and verse 13 he says I perceive that there is nothing better for them to be joyful and to do good as long as they live also that everyone should eat drink and take pleasure in all their toil for this is God's gift to man so we can see in that, you know, we, we know that many people are living in, in, in a way where they would desire to live in a different way to what they're experiencing right now. Appreciate we have aspirations and desires to be in a better job, a better environment, and um, to live and embrace some of these things that the world tries to offer us and, and put you know, at the forefront of our mind. But again, God has a plan and a purpose for our life and our safety, our security, our joy and our peace is found in him and in him alone. And this verse tells us, you know, that, you know, there's nothing better than for them to be joyful and to do good as long as they live. So in a sense, there's a there's a purpose for us to try and be in content, to be content. So whether we have or whether we don't have, as I believe the Apostle Paul would have said in the New Testament, it's about learning to be content with what portion and what you do have at this moment in time. God knows our position. God knows where we are. He cares about us. He's right there alongside us. But we mustn't be blinded by the material things and the things that this world tries to disciple us with by trying to speak into our life and telling us this is what we should have and this is what we should do. We need to be content with what we do have and be faithful with what we do have because we can see in verse 13, you know, um, you know what we have, whether much provisions or not a lot of provisions, you know, hopefully we can eat and drink and be thankful and take pleasure in what the Lord has allowed us to have. For this is God's gift to man. God is sovereign over everything. He knows our situation. So let's keep our eyes on Jesus rather than our neighbor or what the media is trying to sell us as a narrative. The aim is to keep our eyes on Jesus. And verse 15, verse 15 that which is already has been, and that which is to be already has been, and God seeks, you know, what has been driven away. So we can see, as I already said, you know, what has been will be. Of course, some things look slightly different, but from the beginning of time, man has always sought to conquer, man has always sought to rule, man has always sought to build his empire, man has always sought to build his kingdom, not God's kingdom. So already what has been, sorry already what has been that is which is already you know will be so you can see the cycle of life the theme continues to continue when God is not at the center of our lives and um, we see again verse 16 to 17 moreover I saw under the sun that in a place of justice even there was wickedness and in a place of righteousness even there was wickedness I said in my heart, God will judge the righteous and the wicked, for there is a time for every matter and for every work. Let's be encouraged. Many of us know we can see different nationalities, different ethnic groups. We can see the laws of the land. We clearly do see in a place where there should be judgment, 
we do see there's misjudgment. We do see signs of wickedness. We see laws that seems to work for one and it doesn't work for the, them. And this is a, it, it's a horrible thing to witness and to hear and to see. But as the author says to himself, he said in his heart, God will judge the righteous and the wicked. For there is a time for every matter and a time to judge every deed and work of mankind. And as difficult as it is for many of us who has a sense that we should have justice now. That we desire to hear the right judgment based on something that may have happened to us. In this fallen world, under the heavens, unfortunately, things do not always go the way we would want them to go. But we still have a God whose kingdom reigns over all. And finally, verse 18 and verse 20, it says, I said in my heart with regard to the children of man that God is testing them that they may see that they themselves are but beasts. For what happens to the children of man and what happens to the beast is the same. As one dies, so dies, so dies the other. They all have the same breath and man has no advantage over the beast. For all is vanity, all is meaningless. All go to one place, all are from the dust and to the dust all return. Now we know as we trust and put our faith in Jesus Christ that we will have eternal life. That, that's a sure thing. God cannot lie. So we know that all those that place their trust in Jesus Christ are exempt from that. At the same time, the preacher is observation how people live. They do not live separate, really different from beasts. Just like beasts have their tribes, they have their groups and they roam the land and they dominate one another and um, they do brutal things. Mankind does similar, they live animalistic ways and, and, and that's what he's communicating. But for those in Christ, we know we're a new creation. So based on all of this chapter, to summarize the matter, the teacher is simply reporting to us that there is this sovereign control of God over time. What happens here under the heavens on this earth in that sense? Understanding this helps us, gives meaning to this earthly existence, I hope. It helps us to live here with some sense of sanity, purpose, balance, and confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ knowing that we cannot manage everything that happens to us by ourselves. We all experience opposites, oppositions or opposites or consequences happening here on this earth. All this takes place, happens under the sun on, on this earth. My understanding of this chapter, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, is God is in control and in this mysterious administration of his wise providence. He allows, permits certain things to happen at certain seasons or times. I understand and believe that and accept that, that God is really in control over all things, life and death, you know, everything, wars, famines, everything. God is still in control despite the difficulties that we experience. This acknowledgement of God's ownership over time and the seasons and that it set and that the way set up Christ. And to conclude with all of that, I just want to leave to encourage us based on where we may be at individually or collectively, whether we're grieving the loss of a loved one, a family member, friends, or, you know, even us ourselves, we may be going through something very difficult at this time, whether we need healing, whether we're mourning, whether we're weeping, you know, whether we've lost something. I just want to just say, you know, um, Jesus is still the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, Hebrews 13a. So, he is still there. And also, God is our place of refuge and strength. He's a very present help in trouble. 
Psalms 46 verse 1. Um, he always, we always have access to him, but in everything by prayer, supplication, petition, thanksgiving, we should make our definite request be made known unto him. So likewise, as Ephraim started Luke chapter 18, we are to pray at all times, no matter what we're going through. Let's seek the one who knows all things. Let's seek the one who has all the answers. And then we have a God our Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who is able to comfort us in all of our troubles or sufferings. And finally, we know Jesus is faithful. He declares he will never leave us or forsake us. So we can confidently say, despite all that is going on, despite all that we experience, the Lord is our helper. No matter the season or time we find ourselves in, let us pray and seek the Lord, for he alone knows how to direct our path and keep us in perfect peace as our mind stays on him, because we trust in him and in him alone. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for these uncertain times. Lord, I pray for those who may be grieving, those who may be suffering loss. Pray for those who may be mourning, Lord. Pray for those who need healing. Lord, help us to reach out to our brothers and sisters, Lord, and just share with them. Come alongside one another, Lord. Pray with one another. Love one another, Lord. Journey with one another. But Lord, I thank you that we have a perspective of what this world is like, but what we have is a living hope in you. We know that you are still God. We know that you know everything, Lord. So help us, Father, that we would turn our sights on you, unto you. Help us to remember you, Lord. Help us to seek you, Father, and help us to trust in you to know that you have a plan and a purpose for us. And help us, Lord, to be content in your plan and your purpose for our life. Help us, Lord, when we run ahead of you, Lord, to try and achieve the things that we consider we want to do. Lord, I thank you for Ecclesia. I thank you for each and every member. I thank you for each and everyone tuning in today, this morning, this afternoon. I ask that you would bless them. I pray that by your spirit you would cause them to remember what you have spoken unto them, Lord. And ask that you would encourage them, strengthen them, Lord, and be with them throughout this coming week. So, Lord, again, you alone we give all the glory and all the praise. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Join us next time for more of God's truth to transform your reality.